I want to talk about the inner child and how cultivating a relationship with her or him is not only so important, but it's really actually the key to our healing and our growth. And the process is an experiential one versus an intellectual or it's not concept driven, but very much something that is embodied. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This is Corinne Bloom, and you're listening to Raw Conversations. So the inner child is something that I focus a lot on in my work, but maybe it's not in the traditional way. I'm not sure, actually, <laughs> how other coaches or therapists might approach it. But for me, it was something that was always very intuitive, and I went through it in my own on, you know, on my own journey, basically, of healing and growing and getting to know myself more. And it's something that I incorporated into the work that I do, again, very intuitively, even though I'd, I'd studied aspects. But the way that I see the inner child is it's a part of us that's in each and every single one of us. And it's a part that will never go away. And it's the part that actually really is really looking for our love and our safety, our nurture, our presence, our loving attention. And it's the part that can really play itself out when we're not conscious of it. And it can attach to projecting or being triggered by others, especially, of course, when we're in romantic relationships, because romantic relationships trigger our shit the most because they remind us of our, you know, of our initial relationship to our mother and father. So the reason why it came up today is because I really love when this happens. I had a client that I had worked on and off for many years and I hadn't spoken to them in a while and I had a really lovely catch-up chat. And one of the things that was said was, oh, I get it. I just get it now, like something clicked and I get it. I had the experience of it. And uh, I'll explain what it is in a moment. And like not even a week after that, a really dear friend of mine said the same thing. She's like, Corinne, I've been doing all this inner child work and now all of a sudden I get it. Like after years and years, I just get it. So one of the things that I want to say right off the bat is, and this is why I said that it's experiential. It's not just a concept. We can, the client even said, God, you know, it's everything that you had said and you'd spoken about for years. And I understood the concept of it, but I didn't really have the feeling of it until just now. So the thing about doing this work, and particularly when we were working with the really deeper aspects of ourselves, our wounding, our fears, our triggers, our patterns, which all stem, they all go back to the inner child. It's something that can only really be experienced as, as a means of learning. So how do, I, how do I clarify that? It's not like you read a book and you're given step one, two, three, four, whatever. And then you're like, oh yeah, okay, I got that. And as my friend said, and then you could just shelf it. Like this process isn't that you like, you pick up the book, you read it, you get the message and you shelf it and that's it, you're done. 
it's very much an experiential process that takes time. Sometimes it takes years, sometimes it takes decades, but it doesn't mean that nothing is happening. And I get that a lot with clients that they they say, God, I'm trying so hard and I'm aware of this and I can tune into that and I can feel this feeling now and I get why I'm getting triggered, but nothing is changing. Whereas I would point out that like, well, a year ago, you didn't even have that awareness, right? So that's already a big step, but they, they can find themselves going, God, I can see everything, but nothing is happening. Nothing is changing. And the thing is, is because that takes time. And it's one of those things that you don't, you don't really see what's going on until you've reached a marker where you can look back and reflect and go, oh, okay, I see how much work I've done. Because again, this isn't a concept. This is an experience. And the way that you get to the place where you finally get it, like it just the penny drops and you're like, ah, you have that aha moment, is it takes practice again and again and again. You have to continue to show up. You have to continue to listen and pay attention and give yourself that loving attention. It is a process that takes time because what you're doing is you're building and cultivating a relationship with yourself. You're showing up in new ways. You're rewiring really old programs and patterns. And we kind of, as humans, we're very strange because in, in some ways, you know, we're very easily programmable. And I had a fr- another friend that said, why is it so easy to get wounded? And it takes so long to heal from that wounding. It's a really good question, you know, because it can really impact us. And there's a trauma and that's stored in the cellular body, in the emotional body. And then we create stories, we create beliefs, we create whole systems, we create realities based on that initial like, ouch, right? The pain of separation, the pain of uh, abandonment, rejection, lack of love, lack of presence. You know, there's so many different reasons. We're very sensitive beings. We're innately vulnerable. And this is why I think embracing our vulnerability is so important because it's really just embracing our humanity and knowing that it's okay to be sensitive. Like I'm a highly sensitive person. I no longer see that as a weakness. I see it as one of my superpowers, but it requires taking care of. So it's this journey that you set foot upon is not an instant one for whatever reason, but because it takes time doesn't mean that nothing is happening and that you're not growing and healing and evolving in the process. It's just that sometimes there's a certain, uh, this, I actually say it's really important when you're doing this process to stop in certain moments and to reflect, to look back, see how far you've come. Because we live in a very instant, you know, instant coffee culture, right? We want everything one click away to just like, I have that, that's done. And, and this kind of work just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't mean that it has to be long and arduous, but it just means it takes dedication and commitment and persistence and practice, like anything. It takes practice in that the the goal shouldn't be the destination, but the journey is getting to know yourself and learning to accept and love yourself more and more and more, which will be the key to your liberation and, and a sense of peace within yourself. I don't even like to use the word happiness because if we're just in the pursuit of happiness, it's kind of like saying, well, sadness isn't okay. I'm not okay until I'm happy. And, and what I find about doing this work is when I 
feel that I'm at peace with my state of being, no matter if it's happy, sad, angry, I'm okay with it. Like I'm okay with it. There's no judgment there anymore. That's peace. Peace is, it's okay to be me. So it's so wonderful when I speak to either, you know, a friend or a client where the penny is dropped and they've gotten it and how both of them said, it's in the experience. Like, wow, all this time I was trying to get my mind to figure it out. Like, yeah, it's, you know, you can grasp onto certain concepts, right? I can explain to you the process, right? So I often will go, okay, what's the pattern? We look at the pattern, but immediately I go into what is the feeling? Like that's your story. That's the pattern. That's the dynamic that you get into in relationship with your parents, with your friends, with your own self-talk. But immediately once that's there, like that, we don't have to go into that. Like, otherwise you're just getting caught in the story and you can analyze it for 15 years and nothing will change because it didn't happen in your mind. It happened in your body. The trauma happened in your body. The wounding happened in your body. When we were kids, we didn't have the intellect to be able to analyze and go, oh, well, this is why this has happened. This is why I feel this way. I mean, as a parent, you can cue your child into having that emotional intelligence and that language from a very young age. It's what I've done with my daughter, and it's amazing to witness her through it. But, you know, their their brains are still developing. So we live in a society that is very much geared towards the mind as the master, and I, I don't believe that to be true. I think the mind is a tool. It's a, I say servant, but it doesn't, I don't mean it in a hierarchical way. I, I think it's just a tool. And, um, but it's not the master. And so we get very fixated on the mind has to figure it out. We have to rationally figure it out, logically figure it out. And that's just one portion of our mind, right? We're also intuitive and we're very feeling based and the body has its own wisdom and intelligence and a language unto itself. And our emotion, emotions are another one and they're all interconnected and our gut and our heart, you know? So there are various aspects, but they're all interconnected. So once the story is there, the dynamic, the pattern, then I immediately go to what is the feeling? What are you feeling in the midst of that? What is the feeling that arises? And then you go into the feeling. You know, what is the feeling telling me? It's a messenger, that's all it is, it's a messenger. If it had a voice, what would it wanna say? And then you go through the layers of that, you know, underneath one feeling is another feeling. And then you get to really the core of like, okay, well, when did you first remember having that feeling? And that's normally the quickest way to access our inner child. Because it's like, oh yeah, I remember I was four years old and I was left in that room by myself and I, you know, didn't know where my father was and I felt like he didn't love me, you know, that, whatever, the whole story, the whole memory, the feeling primarily arises. I felt lonely. I felt abandoned. I felt rejected. I felt confused. And then you go to the need. What was the need that wasn't met in that moment? And, you know, again, that's, that's, that's very individual to each person, but I see a lot of similarities. And, and when I say what would have made that part of you feel okay. Like what did the little child need in that moment in order to feel safe, to feel seen, validated, loved, included, like whatever it is that the need was. 99% of clients will say, I I needed a hug because a hug really 
encapsulates all of those things, love, attention, presence, validation, approval, safety, comfort, nurture, not feeling alone, being held, being supported. So this is the, this is the process kind of in a nutshell. Now, once you have that connection and you've accessed the inner child within you, it's a relationship that you're going to cultivate for the rest of your life. Like it's really until death do you part. <laughs> that is the relationship of a lifetime. It's not going away. You can't divorce it. You can't separate it. You can't, you can abandon it. You can ignore it. You can reject it, but that's where your pain is going to lie. And, and that's why a lot of people are stuck in a loop of suffering and pain and getting triggered and taking things personally and defending and attacking because the inner child is, is not being held within you. And it's feeling alone and abandoned and rejected and neglected and not good enough and not worthy and unlovable and insignificant and incompetent. And it's not until you do this work and you turn towards yourself and you go into your fear, into your anxiety, into your pain, essentially, and you learn that she or he is at the core of it and you hold her, you hold him, you listen you show up with presence, without judgment, with just compassion and heart. And once you've made this connection and you really feel that this little child is within you and she or he feels safe within you, you remember them more often. So when you get triggered, when you, when you react to something, you, the practice, and this is why it takes a while, and this is why it's experiential, is because in the beginning, it's all unconscious, right? You're in the same argument with your partner. You're in the same pattern of relationship with the same unavailable guy or girl. It, the, the patterns repeat themselves. And then you do this work, and all of a sudden, you build awareness. So then the next time it happens, you go, oh, this is what we were talking about in a session. <laughs> this is what Corinne and I were talking about, for example, <laughs> whoever you're working with. And so you start to build awareness and, and then, you know, you go to, okay, what's going on in those moments? What happens to my, um, you know, what emotions am I feeling? How does my body feel? What is my breathing? Like you start to really pay attention to the physical experience of it, the sensations. Then you go deeper into the emotions. Yeah. What is being triggered here? Like I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm you know, I feel attacked and I need to defend because I feel like in that moment, what's being triggered is you're telling me I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough. And so I need to prove to my, to, to you, or, you know, there's so, I, I don't want to go into it now because it'll be forever long podcast, <laughs> but there are so many different things that get activated or get triggered, you could say. And so you start to kind of, it's like you're drawing a blueprint or a map and you have certain keys and you're like, oh, right, that's the story I keep on telling myself. That's the reaction I keep on replaying. That's the same trigger. This is what makes me triggered. And this is how I react when I'm triggered. And you start to build this, um, it's, it's kind of like a language unto itself as well. You start to just be able to cipher what everything is means and how it's connected. And so you build, the first step is to really build the awareness so that you can catch it 
eventually inaction. That takes time. Normally, at the beginning, you're not conscious of it at all. Then it might be that like two days later, you'd be like, oh, right, right. When I was in that argument two days ago, that's what was going on. And then it moves to maybe you catch it a couple hours later. And then maybe you catch it in the moment, but you're like, I'm not going to change this. I'm going for it. I'm triggered. I'm reactive, but you're aware that you're doing it. And the final, well, not the final, but the next step is really catching yourself in the moment, being aware of it and going, okay, wait a second. I'm going to pause. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to make a different choice. Now, in order to do that, especially in relationship, this is why we've got to do the inner work because we've got to create the relationship with ourselves first. Because if we're abandoning ourselves and rejecting ourselves, we're going to project that onto our partner. Like if we're not showing up for ourselves and we're expecting them to, but we're so accustomed to being abandoned, we're going to feel abandoned no matter what. Even if someone is saying, I'm there, I love you, we will find ways of not believing them. We will find actually ways to kind of push them away so that we get that familiar hit of, right, I'm abandoned, for example. So building the relationship with oneself is understanding why all of these things happen. There's always a reason for our behavior, always. And it requires so much patience and compassion because it often is coming from either a place of fear or pain. And fear often stems from pain, from our wounding. So that's why it requires just, yeah, a lot of patience, a lot of kindness, a lot of gentleness. So as we're, you know, really practicing this just showing up for ourselves again and again and again and not going into the voice of criticism or judgment, understanding why that's there. You know, it's not like judging the judgment or criticizing the critic. It's really understanding why, why am I judging myself? Why am I criticizing? Why am I going into this story? It's like being curious in a really loving way. So this again is a whole process, but this is the experience, right? That every time something comes up, you come back and you check in with yourself. You ask your inner child, oh, how, how are you right now? Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling anxious? Tell me about it. What do you need? How can I help you? And this really leads us to being able to be self-responsible because we don't want to get into codependent relationships. Like that's not healthy. It doesn't mean that we don't need each other as humans, as partners, as families, as friends, but codependent is very different than interdependent. Interdependent is I can take self-responsibility, I can take care of myself, but we can support each other in our growth and our healing. We can be there for each other. We can remind each other of what we need, but I'm not expecting you to do it for me. I'm not expecting you to fill the void or make me feel better or, you know, all we can do is really love and support each other to really do the healing work. And, you know, if you're in a relationship where you're both committed to that healing, you might find that you trigger the shit out of each other. But if the intention is like, okay, how do we grow? How do we heal? I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm going to be here, you know, so that we don't have to do it alone. But some, you know, sometimes we do have to go off and do it alone. It, there's no right or wrong way. It's kind of a simultaneous practice of working on our inner relationship and our outer, outer relationships at the same time. So do you see how like this is, this can't, it's impossible for it to be a concept. You can learn the steps. 
you can understand kind of what you need to do. Like, okay, when I get triggered, I stop and I feel into the sensations in my body and I pay attention to what are my emotions and I feel the emotions and I give them a voice and I go to the unmet need and can I give myself the need? And, you you know, there are these steps that you can do, but really the point of the practice is in the experience. And that experience is one that has to be done over and over again every single day. And there are days that you're going to be able to do it, and there are days that you're not going to be able to do it, and that's okay. That's part of the process too, right? There's no rush, and there's no destination, and there's no perfect or right way, and you can't fail at it because it's just simply, you know, it's just you getting to know you. That's really all it is. It's just getting to know you and how to take care of yourself. That's really what it is. So... If you're in the process of it and at times you feel like you're not getting anywhere, can you trust that you are? Like this is it, you're doing it. It reminds me of when I, before I gave birth to my daughter, my doula said, just remember that when you're in labor, you might think that nothing is happening, but you're doing it. You are doing it. Like it's happening, (laughs) right? And and labor and birth is such a amazing experience because you really you see that it just it's this process that happens with or without you like it just happens your body is incredibly wise I mean it's it's like I'm in awe of it um really it's very remarkable and I think we we don't trust ourselves enough and this is another thing that I just want to tag on to it. When you're doing this work with the inner child, a lot of what comes up is, do I feel safe? Can I, can I feel safe enough to be vulnerable? And we often look for safety in our environment or in the other person, you know, to create that for us. And that's absolutely relevant. Absolutely. And yet the first point is always going to be yourself. Do you trust yourself? You are building trust with yourself. And the way we build trust is through consistency of showing up again and again with love, with compassion, with gentleness, with patience, with non-judgment. We're being kind to ourselves instead of being critical and, you know, rejecting or neglecting. So if you're if you're in that part where it's like, well, I need someone else to make me feel safe. I would invite you to stop and ask yourself, do I feel safe within myself? Do I really trust that I can hold this, that I can hold my pain, that I can hold my fear, that I can hold my insecurities, that I'm going to hold my inner child and love them no matter what, no matter what comes up. Here, here I go back to my other podcast on vulnerability of, you know, can you let love be the container for your experience? So it all starts within, right? So annoying, right? <laughs> but it's really true. So yeah, anything that you're you're yearning for or seeking from the outside, can you ask yourself first, am I giving that to myself? And again, I'm going to reiterate, I know I've said this in the past, This there's a confusion between I have to love myself before someone else can love me. No, that's not true. Of course, someone else can love you. You are innately lovable. The challenge is you might not notice it. You might not receive it because you're not 
embodying that experience within yourself first. We are very, we're habitual creatures. So if I don't have the experience within my own body and being in my conscious awareness, I might not recognize it when somebody else is giving it to me. And if I'm still acting out a pattern and a limiting belief system, I might actually reject it. And all of this, of course, is kind of unconscious. It's, it's a protective mechanism. And, and that's, I'll, I'll leave it as the last thing that I'm going to say, otherwise it's going to get too long. There's a reason, again, if we, are, we, we have coping mechanisms, if we're rejecting, if we're caught in a pattern where we can recognize, um, am I sabotaging this? Am I, you know, am I in a pattern that I'm familiar with, but it's not, um, it's not supporting me. Again, there's a reason we're very good at coping and, and it's letting the inner child know within us, you know what, there was a time when you were young, where you weren't an adult, you couldn't make sense of things and you didn't have the adult around you to do it for you, to take care of you, to give you the clarity that you needed or the love and the support and the validation that you needed. And so you learned how to cope. And there was a period of time where that was really important for your survival. And like, you did great. You did really great. Like, that's wonderful. And now, you know what? Now that you're an adult, you don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to cope anymore. You don't have to survive anymore. Now we're an adult. I know how to take care of you. I know how to show up for you. I know how to have a voice if I need to communicate to someone. You know what? That doesn't feel okay. Stop. No. Like whatever the boundary is. But the child couldn't do that. So part of this is also letting go of our coping mechanisms. We don't need them anymore. They're no longer serving us. They're actually keeping us from what we deeply desire, which is love, connection, intimacy, vulnerability, closeness, trust, safety. So, yeah, so we need to first kind of unravel the story, really get to the core of the feeling and the embodiment of that, and then learn how to show up for ourselves in a new way where we really begin to trust ourselves and feel safe within ourselves. And then, then we can be free. Then we can be at peace. And then it's just about continuing that relationship with ourselves till death do us part. <laughs> and it's really beautiful. You know, you get to a point where you're like, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay because I've got me. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be like a lone wolf and, you know, that kind of warrior that's like, I don't need anybody. No, no, no. Of course we need people. But you know that you're going to be there for you no matter what happens. You can hit the lowest low. You can go to rock bottom. You can have dark night of the soul. And you know you're going to get through to the other side because you're there. You're not alone. Even when you feel alone because nobody else is around you, you have yourself. And that is just the most beautiful, important, precious relationship that you will ever have in your life. So it's a beautiful journey. It's a lot of work, but it's so worth it. So I hope that's helpful. As always, take it or leave it as feels right for you. You're always welcome to reach out if you have questions or um, if you're curious to do the work, you know where to find me. Loving you all from afar. Bye. You've been listening to Raw Conversations with Corinne Bloom. Thanks so much for showing up, listening in, and being a part of the conversation with me. 